Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome uh, to our European Fashion Heritage uh, Association uh, International Conference, yearly conference. Um, I would say we can start. I see that some people are still missing, but probably they will arrive in the next few minutes, or some of, some of those will arrive directly tomorrow. Um, thank you for being here in this nice bunker style. <laughs> conference room. Um, I, I, I will I will bore you with, with some some uh, routine uh, welcome and and uh, greetings and thanks to the uh, institution and people that made this uh, possible. Uh, first of all, I will start with uh, uh, our host, so uh, uh, the Musée Le Des Arts Décoratifs here in Paris, Mad, which is hosting us. Uh, I would like also to thank in particular Archivio Missoni, uh, Luca Missoni and Nicoletta Metolini are here. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, and I would like also to thank uh, the, uh, our, our colleagues from the uh, scientific board uh, and in particular Parson Paris, uh, UAV University and the London College of Fashion for having supported us uh, in um, putting up a, an incredible lineup of speakers. Uh, I would like just to spend very, very few words about who we are uh, as as uh, association. We uh, re re recently changed our name. Uh, now we call ourselves European Fashion Heritage Association. Uh, we we are a non-profit organization established in 2014 uh, in in order to bring together and uh, and engage fashion institution both. Uh, GLAMS, gallery, libraries, archives, and museums, and, and creative industries uh, in the valorization and exploitation of, of, of fashion heritage, uh, digital fashion heritage. Uh, this is our value proposition, so we would like to support fashion GLAMS and, and brands to get better value from their cultural related assets uh, by opening this asset up and, and also connecting them with new audiences. Uh, basically, we have uh, three line of activities. One is uh, continue ag ag aggregating and reaching uh, and curating fashion digital content. Uh, we have created an open access point for fashion heritage, which is the largest in, in the world online, uh, more than one million digital objects accessible there. And we would like also to build consensus, raise awareness of best practices around digitization, uh, uh, metadata, digital curation, uh, social media use, and so on. And of course, we are also trying to develop new business models for the exploitation of digital fashion heritage material together with the uh, with our uh, members' institution. Uh, so this is the, uh, an overview of our supporting members. We have uh, about 20 supporting members, and we have more than 40 now 42 uh, institution uh, fashion institution across Europe that are uh, providing also content to, 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 to us. We have a wide range of institutions, as you can see, we have big public museums, small private museums, uh, corporate archives, and also archives of fashion photographers. Um, all these institutions helped us bring it together, I was saying before, the largest online uh, fashion archive. Uh, the nice thing is that it's free and it's for all to enjoy. We, are we will continue working on this. We will try to involve more institutions, uh, collecting more content to make it an exhaustive uh, source, a reference source for old-fashioned uh, 
interested people, from, from, from researchers to uh, uh, fashionistas. Um, this was all about the introduction. Now we'll, we will start going into the, into the theme of the conference. Just one, one uh, uh, note on the program. Uh, online, the program as is in this uh, latest version. You have registered through uh, Eventbrite, so you got the link to the uh, actual online program, and this is correct. Here in the printed program, uh, we have uh, one thing that we weren't able to update, in particular the section two, which is uh, here, uh, Geography and Places, uh, chaired by Georgia Bartlett, uh, with Giorgio Riello as keynote speaker, has been moved uh, to uh, tomorrow morning, and the session establishing identities has been anticipated uh, to today. Uh, so just take note of this. Uh, and, uh, ah, yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, also in, in the program, we, 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 we had the presence of a, a short welcome from, uh, from the director of MAD Paris, Olivier Gabet. Unfortunately, cannot be here with us today. Uh, so we will simply uh, skip this. Uh, and now I think I can directly give the floor to the uh, chair of our uh, scientific committee, uh, Adelaide Rush. But I think Adelaide, this is your yes, right. This is mine. I'm serious. This one? Yep. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, also from my side, thank you very much for being with us. Um, here in Paris, which is the best way where how you can come to Paris for a fashion conference. I think uh, shopping, you can do it everywhere, but fashion conference, <laughs> speaking about fashion, that's the best place to go. In behalf of the Scientific Committee of the European Fashion Heritage Association, it's a great pleasure for me to welcome you all here. A particular warm welcome to all our members. As Marco said before, we are about 20 members in this association and those who represent, um, well, glam communities, so galleries, libraries, archives and museums, not yet members, you are all very warm, welcome to join and to speak to Marco about the, how to say, about the conditions, how to get a member. And it's very easy, I can tell you. Just bring a little bit of money and goodwill and then you're a member. Very very little. Our association, the European Fashion Heritage Association, was established in 2014, so we celebrate next year our five years, following a very successful co-funded project uh, by the European Commission. Since this time, our group with roughly 40 uh, fashion institutions uh, adding content to our page, web page, coming from 13 countries, and we have really been working together in order to create this large digital repository, which I hope you all have already used or will do it tonight when you come home. We have also created a fashion thesaurus, thesaurus, sorry, it's in my language, we would say thesaurus, in more than 10 languages, which is very helpful, as all of you will know, um, speaking in one language and showing things uh, online, people should also be able to search for glyphs, for instance, in their own um, language. So this was done, and I think it's a real great thing that it has been done. We are all strongly believing that our rich heritage of historical clothing and accessory 
of contemporary uh, fashion, of texts and images has to be divided into within our community and with the new audiences. We uh, have now nearly one million of fashion-related items which are included in our online portal and it's not only helpful for research but it's also a big pleasure to look at these. The scientific committee of the European Fashion uh, Heritage Association was established during our last year's conference in Venice. It includes Georgia Barlett from London College of Fashion, um, Caroline de Klippel from Mode Museum Hasselt, uh, so we are all in the room, Gabriele Monti from University of Venice, Marco Petorari from New uh, School Parsons Paris, and Federica Rossi from Musea della Calzatura Villa Foscarini Rossi. All of us are present, and it, uh, we will also be all be on the podium tomorrow afternoon. We will all be on the podium tomorrow afternoon uh, for the closing remarks, but we are also available for you during the entire conference if you have any questions to us. Before now handing over the microphone to um, Marco Pecorari in this case, I'd like to close with a very short reflection on this year's general subject of our conference, Europe and Fashion, Questioning Identities and Cultures. This sounds like a very 21st century subject. When preparing myself a little bit uh, for these opening words, two images, and I'm, an hist I'm a historian, came into my mind, which are very much related to our topic in 1577, the Nuremberg-based editor Hans Weigel published a highly successful costume book entitled simply Trachtenbuch, which means costume book, with 219 full-size woodcuts showing dresses from all continents and all social, social strata of his period. In the lower section of the title page, which you see here, there are the personifications of the four then known continents. And you see them well, we have a little bit too much light here in the front. I think this will also be crucial then for the other speakers to have a little bit less light here. Um, so in the lower part of the title page, are there are these uh, four continents, Asia and Africa, which you will see at um, the middle and the right. Oh, great. Thank you very much. That's... Maybe there is a, a no middle. middle, no middle map, yeah. ah, let's see. Um, so you see them that they are depicted in rich garments made of luxurious fabrics. Yeah. Well, stay, stay like this for a second. For me, it's fine. If you can still see, it's okay. America, as you can see, is more or less dressed. It is uh, the second right. The personification of America is more or less dressed with feathers. And what about Europe? Europe is at the far left. The man entering from the left side is naked, bringing a roll of fabric and scissors with him. So what should this image tell us about Europe? Do the Europeans not know how to dress themselves? Or does the European follow fashion so intensely that he has to change his clothes every season? It could mean this. For the moment, I don't have a solution for you, but maybe this can help us, the, the conference can help us to find this. I pass to a second image, which also came into my mind, thank you. 
and I'd like to share this also with you. It has been made some 200 years later after the first one in, seven in the 1780s. It shows a life-size doll which is about to be dressed in the latest Parisian fashion style. The shirt as underwear is just put on the mannequin. The dress and the headdress can be seen on the chair on the right side. The title of this very rare print reads in German, because it has been made in Germany, French fashion domination over Europe. So this wording shows that the German printer, probably an Augsburg-based printer, was very much aware of the French hegemony in fashion over, over all European cultures. And this is a nice hint to our conference, I think, here in Paris, with many speakers from various European countries, including a spe keynote speaker with a view from outside Europe. So I'm very much looking forward to enlightening papers, to fruitful discussions, interesting meetings, and intense coffee breaks for personal exchange. Thank you very much. Okay, so thanks Adelaide. Um, well, as Adelaide uh, said, my name is Marco Pecorari. I'm, uh, uh, I'm here also as part of a scientific committee and uh, I will just briefly introduce you some of the, uh, the content, the question we had behind for the organization of this conference and also uh, try to introduce also the different speakers that we'll have in during this uh, day and a half of conference. But before that, I would like to thank Marco and Marta and even Anna for organi organization. Uh, also, my students who are helping now around with uh, with organization of uh, of these two days. Thanks so much. The scientific committee, of course, uh, and especially Giorgia and uh, Gabriele, uh, who for the long discussion and preparation also. Uh, so this conference came primarily for the need to problematize the idea of European fashion that ca characterize the whole project Europeana fashion. While being a wonderful database and collective aggregator of digital objects from major public and private archives and museums in Europe, and not only in Europe, this project also became an opportunity to explore the meanings and the contradictions contained in this archive, and more generally in the label European fashion. Is there such a thing uh, like European fashion? And if yes, what are the characters of European fashion? Can we detect some specificities or particularities of this label, or is this label just another empty label resulting from a larger political and economical agenda of creating a sort of supranational discourse about fashion? These are some of the questions that move our attention in the preparation of this conference that, first of all, aims to instigate a reflection on national and transnational identities and cultures in fashion within the European landscape, especially in a moment that, as Adelaide said, where definitions of Europe and European identity are constantly challenged and attacked. To speak fashi about fashion, cultures and identities in relation to geographical spaces inevitably connect us to the discourse about national identity and more specifically about fashion flirtations with national identity. Indeed, fashion discourse had been historically uh, constructed around and nurtured by forms of nationalism and nationalizations in terms of political organization and protectionism, but also in terms of production, consumption, and representation. 
Since 19th century and early 20th century, the nation served the selling of fashion as much as fashion has been serving nationalism and the construction of national identity, as many scholars uh, in the field of fashion studies has particularly shown in the last 20 years. So all and part of these issues will be at the center of our first panel titled Trajectories and Dialectics, where keynote speaker Valerie Steele will introduce us to the very formation of what we can say is the capital of fashion, Paris, and also the cultural tropes connected to the material and um, immaterial practices that have become models of inspiration, but also antagonism in many other European countries. As Dr. Andrea Kolnitz will show us in the same panel, the institutionalization of a discourse about national identity in fashion has been inevitably constructed on differentiation through stereotypes and fashion symbols. They have been often embraced also by museums, which are probably the most evident symbol of a nationalism and a European imperialism. While the discourse on fashion and the nation have been central to the agenda of museums since the very inception, today, as we'll see in the second panel, Establishing Identities, we can observe a more critical perspective, or at least an attempt to revision the museological labeling of fashion nation. While keynote speaker Miran Arzalut will lead us into the multiple identities at play um, in her professional path as director and curator of the fashion museums, uh, the intervention by Gabriele Monti and Aurelie Samuel will show the need to problematize the ontology, the construction, and even the absence of the fashion museum. This section will show the possibility to rethink the specificity and hybridization of each system of fashion, and most importantly, the need to rethink past historiographical narratives and issues of agency embedded in them. Today, all tactics of national labeling turn often into a more volatile and empty concept due to, first of all, the globalized form of production and consumption, b, the increasing mobility of individuals, and also new social media. And this will emerge uh, especially from the first session called Geographics and Places, Geographies and Places, sorry where our keynote speaker, jo Professor Giorgio Riello, will lead us to the contradiction at place in a global market where territoriality still play a central role. Such tension will be also explored by both Mencitieri and Delis in connection to issues of precarity, race, and appropriation, showing us that what appears to be as a decentralization of production and consumption may paradoxically tend to simplify or reinforce neoliberal and Eurocentric discourses. This mutation, uh, mutation of production and consumption have inevitably changed the geogra geographies of fashion even within Europe. And especially due to the delocalization of production, fashion has become a cultural tool, and in some cases a marketing tool, to rethink, or to use the word of our fourth keynote speaker, Javier Gimeno Martinez, to redesign nation the national, regional, and even city identities. This last panel will focus on the idea of remodeling identities as a way to expand our understanding of fashion without borders, as Barbara Coutinho uh, will argue, and even to rediscover systems within countries that may have not been traditionally associated with fashion, like in the case of Paulina Lathan and her perspective on Polish uh, fashion. Indeed, uh, models of representation and storytelling are central to build, rebuild, or even perform histories bringing us to question core matters connected to European fashion identities, such as authenticity, tradition, craft, and even heritage, which is, of course, the other elephant in the room during this conference. And this is not just only because the uh, association has now changed the name uh, and has heritage in, in, the, in, the, in the title of association, but also because the current use, or maybe mis or abuse, 
of a term within the fashion industry and other cultural activities. Judy Clark, our last speaker, who has been also the author of the exhibition Fashion Inside and Out uh, for the project Homo Faber in Venice, which was also another project we're questioning Manu um, craftsmanship in contemporary, the contemporary scenario, uh, will adopt the term tradition as a key entry to explore the challenges in conveying fashion brands' histories. As a variety of uh, papers in this, in this conference will show, the fashion discourse is still today based on nationalistic tropes as a sort of necessary consumerist magical elixir, where concepts such as, think about Frenchness, for example, are still employed in superficial manner rather than as opportunities to think or rethink uh, the complexity of contemporary identities in the, in the current globalized economy. Therefore, our attempt is to open up this sort of Pandora box to begin rather than to end a discussion in order to start thinking of European identities and culture in a more nomadic manner. Or to use, and here I think there should be a quotation, or to use the words of the philosopher Rosie Braidotti, which suggests to think of European identity as, uh, and I'm quoting, an open and multi-layered project not as a fixed or given essence, which can be turned into a space of critical resistance. Proposing to rethink identity in this contemporary post-capitalist scenario, Braidotti offers the idea of nomadic subject, and even the idea of a nomadic European subject. That means, and I'm quoting, to be in transit within different identity formation, but anchored to a historical position to accept responsibility for it. It is through this perspective that I like to think about the presentation of this conference that will mix keynote speeches and papers of different natures, from academic, curator, exhibition design, directors of cultural institution. I hope you will enjoy the variety of speakers that we uh, also want to thank to be here and uh, accepted to present. And I will now leave the floor for the first panel. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marco. So um, we make a quick change here in the on the podium. I go on the corner. <laughs> Just one last communication. The uh, conference hashtag is FA2018. If you want to tweet about it, uh, please use this hashtag. Thank you very much. Um, and now you can also tell about Ah, yeah, the Wi-Fi also. We have just, I think, one Wi-Fi network accessible here, so it's quite easy. It's called uh, LAD Pub, and uh, the password is, 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 is none because it's open, so it's very easy. Just log in. Okay, thank you. And I invite Valerie immediately on the podium, so you can come. Thank you. Um, our first section called Trajectories and Dialectics, and it's my great, great pleasure to introduce Valerie Steele to you as our first speaker. Um, you find the full biographies and especially the books by all our speakers in the program, so I will be very short not to take the time of the speakers. Valerie uh, Steele has a PhD from Yale. She's director and chief curator of the Museum of the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York since uh, uh, 1990, no, since 1997, with more than, where she has organized more than 25 exhibitions. And for some of us, I'm sure your exhibitions have been the reasons to do a trip to New York. 
Um, there are lots of books uh, also noted here. Well, the first one is in this context also very important. It's called Paris Fashion. Then we do have, I think Paris was most of the time part of your projects in a way. In addition, Valerie Steele is uh, founder and editor-in-chief of Fashion Theory, the most important um, magazine in the world, I would say. It's called the Journal of Dress, Body and Culture, and it's a must-read for everyone doing fashion studies. Um, so I'm very happy to have you here, as I said before, to have the view from outside Europe on what we are doing here, and I'm sure it will be very enlightening to us. You have been called the Freud of fashion, and I'm sure you will be this today, too. <laughs>